Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two Weird Didn't Watch, the show where we make fun of movies that we have not seen based on nothing but their weird descriptions. I'm Brantley. And I'm Albert. Brantley is bringing us our movies for this week. Brantley, what did you got? All right. Well, I don't have a movie. Oh, no. Brantley's bringing us our thing, whatever the thing is. <laughs> continue our theme for last review? night. Is, no, I don't do those, though I should. But uh, continue our theme for last week. We are doing an anime. Okay. But you know what I- we don't cover enough on the show? Big robots? Accurate for life, but not in this context now. What do we not cover enough on this show? Dinosaurs. That is accurate. There's not enough dinosaur movies. Also accurate. I I love dinosaur movies, but... There's what? Jurassic Park, Carnivores, and then like a D-grade movie every couple of years? Yeah, there's some like, like claymation stuff from the 70s that's yeah. there's, not there's, like, really the watchable. Dinosaur and stuff like that, yeah. There is stuff... It's it's not, not as common good. as you would think, and then there's a lot of stuff like from the the recent years, like in the vein of Velocipaster, that is just you know made by people like us who happen to get a DSLR and <laughs> you know a thirty day subscription to After Effects. But what do you have, Brantley? I have Jurassic Tripper, also called Jura Tripper. No, no, no. What? No. It has both names. Okay depending on where you go. And it's from 1995. This is a Japanese animated series loosely based on the novel Two Years Vacation by Jules Verne. I didn't know Jules Verne did dino fiction. I know H.G. Wells, I think, wrote... It says loosely. I don't know how loosely. But, like, Jules Verne wrote about some guy who went off to, like, the the south of France for two years and grew wine, (laughs) and they're like, but with dinosaurs, because we're Japan, I guess. I don't think they went that far, really. (laughs) I assume there must be dinosaurs in the source material. Uh, probably. I, I can't imagine. But I haven't heard of this. I've never heard of Two Years Vacation, and I'm pretty familiar with Jules Verne. Two days a year, the members of a typical high school's marine club are allowed to take the boat out during summer vacation. Their destination is the fun-filled Bonaral Island. It's filled with fun. Until a mysterious storm-related disturbance throws them <laughs> a into... storm-related? <laughs> what? I don't know what that means. It's... A- it's another magic whirlpool. They're going to go to the place with the uh, warriors of virtue. Anyways, Stormlight Disturbance throws them into another dimension full of dinosaurs and oppressive soldiers. Why couldn't the dinosaurs have just been on? I, okay, here's what I'm going to think. I'm going to assume Jules Verne wrote this. It was just they landed on an island with dinosaurs. Yeah. Maybe crashed through a storm. But since this was made in 95, they're like, they're... sadly, there aren't any islands with dinosaurs. We're pretty sure we have to have them in another dimension. And oppressive soldiers, I guess, because you got to have somebody to fight. You don't want to fight the dinosaurs. They're awesome. So the group of children is transformed to what is later revealed as the planet Noah. A strange world. Biblical character? Is that how it's spelled? mm -hmm. A strange world that holds both human inhabitants on the scientific level of the Middle Ages, which is an odd way to phrase that, (laughs) as well as various types of dinosaurs. They quickly make friends with talking pterosaur, Zans, and Manuana. M-A-N-U-A. I admit that the dinosaurs were talking, Brantley. Well, it's a talking pterosaur, and this is the first oh, time talking prehistoric animals have showed up. So. I'm sorry, that's not a dinosaur. It's not. An inhabitant of Noah who helps them out on more than one occasion. So two, three, <laughs> 78. Occasionally. Every day. <laughs> it's literally carrying them through this adventure. <sighs> I've had a meal with my wife on more than one occasion. <laughs> I've gone to sleep on more than one occasion. <laughs> I've taken a breath on more than one occasion. My heart is beat 
on more than one occasion. My synapses have fired occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not take this too far. While attempting to return home, they encounter talking dinosaurs, revolutionaries, pirates, a princess, and primitive scientists. Okay, let's see if I... So you said they encounter talking dinosaurs, Mm -hmm. pirates, a princess, and primitive scientists. And revolutionaries. Okay, I missed the revolutionaries. I knew there was one I missed. Which I think they're trying to revolt against the oppressive soldiers we previously mentioned. But in my head, it's just straight up like American revolutionaries there for some reason. Because now it's like Land of the Lost or that one island from uh, Jurassic the Hunted. It's the scene in Sharknado... The last Sharknado, it's about time when they hang out with George Washington and they fight the sharks. But they do that, that's awesome. They do, yeah. The children learn more about the new world they're in, discovering the people and dinosaurs suffering oppression from the king, as well as the church prohibition of science. They All get- right. <laughs> the dinosaurs are big on science, but the church won't let them be. This is a weird... The human church. I think that dinosaurs just talk and eat each other, which always raises questions. They wound up in the land before time. They get into conflict with General Mozar, who is interested in their advanced technology from 1995, and consequently have to flee from the king's army, as well as the priest who tried to capture Zanz, who incidentally is the son of Whitewing, the famous but past leader of the rebellion. That was kind of a coincidence. Yeah, also, I, don't be throwing shade at 1995. <laughs> Compared to the Middle Ages, technology is amazing. That's fair. If I had to pick one of the places to live, having lived in 1995 for about a year, um, I would. Yes, but what technology would they be taking to a beach island that would be amazing from 1995? A Walkman? CD players, man. Cool. <laughs> when those batteries die, this is going to be real impressive. Look at this thing. If it had power, it would be cool. That's never a problem in these shows. That's not. It's not. Yeah. It's like that one would be Goldberg movie where she somehow has access to the internet. In I was going to say, times. we literally have the same problem right now. What are they going to do? Go back to George Washington and be like, look at this black rectangle made out of glass and... A material you haven't heard of. I can make it light up for about, you know, a day. And then it'll just be impressed. Accurate. So batteries last a little bit longer now. Well, I mean, if you leave it on for like maybe two days and then you're done. So I guess you're turning it on and off to like, boy, I hope the battery doesn't decay before (laughs) I get out of here for some reason. Yeah. Unfortunately, despite me scouring the Internet, I can find zero episode descriptions. Oh, no. None. Okay. Not on IMDb, not on AnimeBlogs.com or whatever it was. Like, nothing. So we're going to move on. Okay. Two more Japanese anime dinosaurs. This one is a movie, My Tyranno, Together Forever, from 2018. Oh, man. The fact that it was from 2018. I was originally like, is this a love story between a girl and a dinosaur? Probably. And then you said 2018. I was like, yeah, everything goes now. (laughs) (laughs) There is literally a manga series called My Girlfriend is a T-Rex. All right. I haven't read it. <laughs> I haven't. Okay. I, I looked at it and I'm like, that's, that's hilarious, but I'm good. Anyways, the strongest carnivore on Earth, a tremendous Tyrannosaurus who does not eat meat, and a pterodactyl who cannot fly he running into that new impossible burger. <laughs> he runs into her. Oh. And they begin the journey to find paradise. While on their way, they learned about. I gotta e- say, no, no, no. If, you, <laughs> if you're a person who can't fly and like a weirdo outcast. Like, paradise is not for you. Well, what's interesting is he is the strongest carnivore on Earth and doesn't eat meat. So he's eating, like, a lot of beans or something to get that protein. I guess. He's, like, wiping out whole force. Soy. (laughs) While on their way, they learn about each other's difference and become important to each other. So it is a love story. 
Yeah. And that's adorable and kind of gross. It's stupid. <laughs> it's really stupid. Like I It could I, be platonic love. Okay. It's probably not, if but it could not, be. It's not though, is what I'm saying. Like, they just I don't get this at all. I don't understand literally anything about this. Like there's no it's not like you know, in some of the animes, like, it's a weird, like, you know, what is the anime where the girl is, like, adopted by death and she's into him, but he's, like, super old. But at least they're human there. You can sort of be like, yes, I understand human features and find some of them attractive. But, like, if these are two dinosaurs, like, there's no desire on my part to see anything happen there. If one of them was a human, then I could understand, like, okay. I have like a surrogate, like a dog in this fight. If they're both dinosaurs and you're going to do a romance and you're going to have them be biologically impossible because they don't eat meat and don't fly. I don't know. Does she have like a broken wing or she choose not to? She, from what I briefly saw, her wings, she has like six limbs. Her wings just kind of hanging off on her back. And then he has a horns, which T-Rex don't have, but that's just splitting hairs. Yeah, he could be a Carnotaurus, right? He has like a central horn. Oh, so like a Ceratosaurus? I don't know that one by name. I'm sorry. Like a very tiny T-Rex with a horn on its face. Okay. Briefly showed up in Jurassic Park 3 when everybody's digging through the poop pile. I've forgotten about Jurassic Park 3 almost That is completely. the correct response. There's the pretty good uh, Spinosaurus attack at the beginning. And then he busts through a metal gate and then he's stopped by a wooden door. Yeah, I don't think I watched that far. I tried to watch it recently and I was like... Got got past maybe twenty minutes. It's and real bad. <laughs> gave up. Didn't need to go back to I have it. A maze roll get made after that. Well, they we had some time, and they were like, "We're gonna go back to like what the original was about." And they didn't. They lied. I mean, they kind of did. They also went back to the first island because like that island got dumb. Yep. And then the official word is that everybody died on the island, like in the book. Anyways, <laughs> I don't remember enough to say anything about that. Uh, in the book, they point out that there are way too many carnivores on the island for the amount of herbivores. Oh, because they're... And then especially in the movie, because then you have yeah. T-Rex, Raptor, Spinosaurus, Ceratosaurus, and like one or two other things. And then it's and like, all and really... also we have two Stegosaurus. <laughs> well, there's a whole family of Stegosaurus. Are there? I yeah. remember seeing a bunch of them. I remember, there's like, a lot of Parasaurophilus. Parasaurophilus. Parasaurolophus. Parasaurol- I'm so sorry. Yeah, there's a lot of them. It's, it's two, a word made of two languages we don't speak. It's fine. <laughs> so we see their stampede. I think that's them. Uh, they mm-hmm. have the stampede. And there's like there's a other. couple of giant like Brachiosaurus. Uh, there's a Patasaurus and then you see oh, Brachiosaurus once in that movie. I don't know. I can't tell you the difference between a Patasaurus Fun and Fun fact, though, from the first movie, Brachiosaurus, the only dinosaur from the Jurassic era and Jurassic Park. <laughs> Is the Brachiosaurus the one that wakes them up by eating the branches when they're sleeping in the tree? It's that one. It's the one that does the big dramatic standout, the first dinosaur we see proper in the movie. Okay, I, I thought that might have been an Apatosaurus. No, Apatosaurus shows up in the second one first. And then it's also the ones that are slaughtered by the Indominus in 4. Yeah. I need to watch 4 again. It's not great, but I need to watch it again. It's a pretty good movie. I, I'll give it you pretty good. It is more entertaining than 2, and it is much better than 3 and 5. Yeah. <sighs> And has less logical flaws than one, but one is a better movie overall. Can we... Are we in agreement that five is the worst? Yes. Okay. By a massive margin. I mean, three is pretty bad, too. Three is bad, but I can at least watch three, and I don't hate myself afterwards. I just hate the movie a little bit. Five, I'm mad at myself for putting myself through it. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. (laughs) It's like the grudge. The final one we have is another show, this time from the ancient era of 1979. 
Well, that was six, six whole years before I was born, Brantley, so it's ancient history. Yeah. Age of the Great Dinosaurs. 32. An ecologically themed anime, Age of the Great Dinosaurs, opens with live action, action footage of Tokyo's crowded, pollution-clogged streets intercut with cartoon dinosaurs rampaging through the prehistoric past. What? So it has shots right, so of like, like, smog and people rushing through the streets, and then intercut with that is a T-Rex fighting. Look at how terrible things are. Look at the great peaceful past, and it's just a T-Rex ripping someone's head off. Yeah, I, I mean, it's all nature. Yeah. Our young hero, June, is horrified to see a construction crew lay waste to flowers and trees. You know, I got, I'm going to say this. Like, nobody gets mad when a termite builds a mound, but a second a human builds a city, all of a sudden, that's not nature. In fairness, our cities are a lot bigger than the termite cities. Well, yeah, we're a lot bigger than termites. Yes. In size. I, it might still be proportionally bigger, but I'm saying yes. there's like this weird sort of assumption that like man is not part of the natural order to the point where we like kind of not how so we're not from this continent that we're currently living on for one okay neither are the rabbits in australia no and rude. they're a massive ecological problem they built a fence across the continent to try to fix it i'm aware it. of it my and other it i just talked about that in my other podcast <laughs> just now uh like earlier this week but i'm saying like that's still like now the na- the rabbits are over there then like the predators rely on them and so if then if you get rid of them completely then that also crashes the ecology That's because they murdered like 50% of the species and there within 10 years of white people being on the continent. We screwed up Australia real good. The ones that are left are the super deadly ones. Yep. That's why it's a nightmare world. We made that. Well, we didn't want uh, the interesting thing about the rabbits was that, like they wanted stuff to hunt and apparently there's they were like, there's not enough cool stuff to hunt in Australia, <laughs> which is a real bad take, in my opinion. I think it was more like there's not enough things that we can hunt that is challenging that won't also murder us. Okay. So rabbits. Anyways, our young hero, June, are we read that? A sensitive lad, he muses on the damage being done to the environment. Strange lights in the sky lead June to the beach, where he meets pretty Remy and her bratty brother, Chobi. Wait, so we got UFOs now? A huge talking UFO whose spectacular entrance is modeled on that of the mothership from Close Encounters of the Third Kind, transports the Inquisitive Kids back to the Cretaceous period to learn some harsh lessons about humanity's past, present, and possible future. Explain the long so, comments with this legend. Well, okay, the UFO takes them back and is like, look at this place when humans won't show up for millions and millions of years. Mm-hmm. Everything went extinct. What's yeah. the lesson there? Like, I, I mean, it wasn't our fault. That one definitely, no, definitely, that one's not on definitely us. was not that on was us. That was a space rock, and the planet was already kind of dying. Lots of stuff has gone extinct. Our child heroes discover a batch of friendly, newly hatched triceratops and flee a scary, red-eyed Tyrannosaurus wrecked, dubbed with Godzilla's roar. Okay, so I, I have a question about this. Uh-huh. We, we opened up with live action, and uh-huh. then intercut to animated. Are we thinking that our heroes are live action... Back in animated times, Mary Poppins style? Ooh, that's... Maybe, but that makes it real rough. <laughs> you thinking, like, like it, it's not done that well? Yeah. They could be... Like, the sort of time vortex could make them animated? Maybe. Like the Page Master a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I've seen that before. Except even less, like, explained. It's a UFO. Okay. They're going back in time. You don't know what they look like. They, dinosaurs could have looked cell shaded. 
and a gruesome touch you won't find in American cartoons, he gobbles all the babies, save for one, before being gorily speared in the eye by plucky little Choby. I I fully accept this rip on American cartoons. <laughs> it is fully earned, and I'm glad to hear that they have done things differently. Caught in a time warp, as their baby triceratops rapidly grows to adulthood, the kids journey forward to see tectonic plates shift, volcanoes explode, ice caps melt, and mankind evolve from tiny mammals into Cro-Magnum cavemen. Again, all of those like seemingly negative things, not our fault. Yeah, no, humans have just shown up in the story. This is a weird ecological lesson. Like, I, the only thing that I can think that they might be teaching them is, hey, you're not going to be around forever either as a species, so don't get too cocky, I guess. But then it's just like, well, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we shall die. Yes. Like, I don't know what his responsibility is to the lesson of, you know, <laughs> your species is temporary too, man. <laughs> Choby falls in love with a little cave girl and intervenes when her mother is offering in sac- is offered in sacrifice to the monster by a crazed skull masked midget priest. The monster being a still surviving T Rex. It's yeah, I can't I can't fault that. It's <laughs> like it's fun, <laughs> but the problem is, except for the UFO, this is trying to be like semi realistic. Yeah, but then it's also yeah, this one T Rex somehow lived, and they're just sacrificing people to it because it's scary. I just love the like Skull Island thing so much. I I, I get it. The Lost I get World? that it's stupid. Yeah. yeah, that too. I'm just thinking of the the specific like natives on Skull Island. Oh, okay. You know, sacrificing things to these otherworldly ancient beasts that precede them that have somehow survived for as long as they have. Anyways, Chobi, he's interfering with you know crazed skull masked midget priest. But when Chobi throws his spear. It's a normie. It's a uh, named spear. He killed a dinosaur with it. Or shot. Maybe didn't shoot. Killed it. But like, I, I'm thinking it it's the name of the UFO because it cuts to a montage of war, atomic bombs, and contemporary violence, which hints this little boy embodies not just mankind's indomitable spirit, but also it's an appetite for self-destruction. This is so, so stupid. It's really heavy handed and dumb. Well, it's it's dumb because it's like you showed us animals like un. <laughs> thinking amoral like they they are absolutely a part of nature eating each other and and engaging in violence and then you're like but when humans do it it's scary i mean uh, the destruction is you know playing devil's advocate it's showing warfare which kind of not necessary i don't i i I think where where at the what is the point in human history where like warfare became unnecessary because it it was definitely necessary at some point. Anytime right? it was for religious reasons or based on racial hating. It was for to gather resources for your people to survive, then yes. But for the last 150 years, war has been completely unnecessary. Well, war has been also a lot more deadly. Devastating, yes. Right, so the, the, the thing is, humans' proclivity to war, I think you can't get away from. I don't, no. like it's, yeah. There's no simulation of history you can run that looks anything like people that gets you people not fighting over like just stuff. That's accurate. But then you get to a certain point where, you know, people start developing technology and all of a sudden the technology of war explodes very, very rapidly. I mean, I'm not talking like chariots of iron kind of explosion. When you, when you get to guns, then suddenly your ability to kill people increases exponentially but you're still just you know people 
Mm-hmm. And then, like, it feels like that doesn't make sense, which I think we're seeing the continued evolution of into guerrilla warfare and uh, proxy warfare by nation states that are too big to risk going directly to war with each other. Although I don't know that we can say that that's like we're in the clear yet. Cause I think people thought that they were safe in before world war one. Yeah. Like, and then they, after world war one, they're like, we're definitely not doing that again. And then world war two happened. I mean, while it's going on, they call it the war that the war to end all wars. Yeah. And then, you know, the big budget sequel happened. Which is really World War One Part Two. Yeah. Like, it's definitely Germany being like, we lost that. We really don't like how you guys treated us. And we're- we lost everyone else. Other people lost too, but we got screwed over the most. Yeah. Like, we, we lost all of our guys and we, you know, got slapped with all these sanctions and stuff. And Hitler, you know, is able to rouse up the, like, hey, we're Germany. We're awesome. How dare those people treat us like this? And then, you know, we get World War Two. Nah. No, you don't think? No, I agree with you. I just had a thought and it was too politically charged. Oh, well, it's 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 tricky to to say anything about Germany in World War Two because we've morphed them into the cartoon bad guys. I actually had a conversation with a German hitchhiker about that. Yeah. Uh, this is like a year ago. So I don't remember most of it because I have a horrible memory. Anyways, the monster's death is not triumphant, but mournful. It ends on a warning for mankind's future, leaving poor June even more worried than before. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I guess good for him. And that's it? Yeah, no, it ends with sadness. Better not be human, guys. <laughs> Watch out for that. I, for one, am looking forward to our robot overlords. Maybe they'll get this figured out. I Hopefully we'll still be around for that. I'm sure I've mentioned this in the past, but I'm watching a great uh, YouTube series called Awakening from the Meaning Crisis. And the most recent episode of that, he talked about the fact that humans assimilate every technology that they encounter and his opinion is that ai is going to be no different it's not going to be like the ai is something that's out there it's going to be something that we use as a tool and make it a part of us to enhance our abilities to operate even better i mean debatably we already do that things like siri and oh yeah like digital assistants well that was the other point he's like it's also not like one day somebody's going to flip the switch and there's going to be ai (laughs) It's going to be this gradual change that we are currently in the middle of and arguably have been since at least the 1960s when you know computers were a thing. We're the fun, laughy podcast about shows we haven't seen. We can't get all deep and serious. <sighs> this is I about dinosaurs to... in Japan today, man. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so sorry. This is a problem. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you guys. You brought next us to week. robots in World War II. <laughs> we appreciate everybody's listening. I'll probably edit quite a bit of that out. <laughs> Um, but, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast by whatever podcast platform you're receiving us on, we'd appreciate it if you do that. Uh, you should also tell a friend about us, or if you don't have a friend, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. That really helps us expand our reach. If you do the iTunes thing anyway, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye guys. Bye.